Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. A new head coach and boy genius Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen. iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome into another Nursery Book Club episode of Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. If you missed the last episode we did on running back Chase Edmonds and where he fits in Mike McDaniel's offense, then shame on you. But in all seriousness, welcome in, folks. This podcast will be on the 18th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, Jalen Phillips. But before we get into all that, let me welcome in my co-host, the one, the only, Jake Mendel. And as you can hear, the kids are in the background. It's a party with the kids in the background. Josh, what is going on, my friend? Um, I want to go back to the Chase Edmonds thing for a second because we've heard a lot of great comments about that. I, I recommend if you haven't yet, go pick up that uh, bookmarker of yours and go check out episode one. I do have to say, man, I beefed it. The worst thing about doing a podcast is that you let things go live, even though they're recorded, and you just let everyone listening Feel your pain about saying something very, very, very stupid. And for me, that was me correcting you for saying the village people saying the safety dance when in fact it was the men with hats. So uh, big L on that one. I, I, I didn't know either. <laughs> I wasn't confident in my answer. So that's why I kind of just let it go. Dude, uh, Lane, our, our good friend at Lane underscore, uh, he, he sent out a tweet and it just, I see it and it just cracks me up so much because it's just Michael Scott just like, and that's kind of how I felt reading the tweet, but I got to laugh about it because man, like for all the interesting dolphin things we say, we have to sprinkle in something stupid like uh, that. The village people sing the safety dance. It, it is what it is. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll try to be better, but I mean, that's we what probably makes us won't who, be. Yeah, that's, who, that's what makes us what we, who we are. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But dude, you mentioned it. We're going to talk a little bit about Jalen Phillips. And I think a big reason why we wanted to do a book club on the, you know, former first round pick who I think is, you know, the opportunities are through the roof with this guy. I think that the potential is unmatched when you talk about someone with Jalen Phillips. And I thought that's why it was important to talk uh, about someone like him, because you think about it, man, they, the team just extended Emmanuel Agba, who's been awesome for the Dolphins. Not only can he rush the passer, but he is great at batting balls down. There's Agba Island in Miami. Uh, the team extended Chris Wilkins, Christian Wilkins, excuse me, by giving him his fifth year option. And Mel Melvin Ingram, who, you know, the Dolphins flirted with him a little bit last year. He went on to Pittsburgh and then joined Kansas City, but he is on the roster now. So you have to wonder, all right, this 
defense is pretty solidified. There's not a lot of moving parts happening here. And I think what got everyone really irked was pro football focus uh, put out a post, put out a tweet, and they obviously did their job if people are getting mad about it. Uh, but they said, which second year player is under the most pressure? And Josh, Jalen Phillips was on that list. Did that catch you off guard at all? Yeah. And, you know, back in my old, old days, you know, back in my heyday at Twitter, maybe I'd sit there and bash them and, you know, give them the finger, say something inappropriate. Cause when, I mean, I was like, what, what are they talking about? I mean, but I guess when you peel away the layers, I mean, you see, you know, even Jalen Phillips himself wasn't really truly uh, thrilled with the way he played last season. So um, to say that this was a make or break year, though, that's crazy to me after, you know, he broke the, the Dolphins record for sacks and he looked as good as he did. But uh, like we'll talk about, there was some stuff that he needed to improve on. And as Jalen Phillips says, that's what he's been working on this offseason. But, dude, I was definitely a little bit taken back. And again, I was very pleased with the way Dolphins Twitter handled that. <laughs> hey, we have our moments, right? We we definitely have our moments on Dolphins Twitter. Uh, I mentioned Melvin Ingram, and he already had some thoughts on Phillips that I thought would be important to show here. And he said he definitely has a chance to be special. He comes to work every day, and he puts in that work. I definitely admire that. And Josh, you you brought up an interesting point, and I think that's a great way to start this podcast because you mentioned that there's no pressure on him becoming a bust. And I don't necessarily know that's what pro football focus was even talking about because I mean, eight and a half sacks, his rookie season, that's a Miami Dolphins record. I mean, I mean, we don't have to look too far for bust defensive ends for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, Charles Clay a couple of years ago and his immaculate spin move that the Dolphins reached for. And then, you know, the Deion Jordan pick where to this day, I'll stand by the fact that I thought that was an amazing deal. The Dolphins stole that third overall pick. It's the fact they didn't really do anything with it. The difference, though, Josh, and there's a little trend developing with Jalen Phillips, and it's not a bad trend, and it's no trend to his own, or no fault to his own. He is someone who we haven't really seen blossom. You know, he was at UCLA for a couple of years, suffered some injuries, was forced to, to retire from football. He goes to, he comes back to football, he goes to the University of Miami, and he absolutely balls out. It was great to see, and that's why he was worthy of that, you know, first round pick. Not only did he have decent numbers, but the physical traits are there. He is an absolute monster. And then he comes to the NFL. I mentioned it, the eight and a half sacks, 39 pressures. And the pressure, Josh, I don't think is for him to be a bust. I think the pressure is for him to solidify himself to be a cornerstone of this defense. Because I think, you know, he's already, I think we can settle in on the fact, like, I think if you want him to be a situational pass rusher, I think he already accomplished that. I think he does an incredible job at, uh, he isn't like a Cameron Wake who's going to burst off the ball and get to the quarterback in 0.2 seconds, but he stays involved with plays. He's so good at disengaging from opposing linemen where, you know, there are years past Thad Lewis's, uh, the scrambling quarterbacks of the world. We'd see them escape one tackle. I mean, dude, I go back to Andrew Luck getting, you know, love tapped by Deion Jordan. We've had situations for years where, you know, a quarterback would escape one tackle and would be doomed because he just started running around everywhere. Jalen Phillips is a great job of staying involved in plays, uh, recapturing those uh, running lanes that quarterbacks try to take advantage of. So I think, Josh, the pressure we're talking about here isn't to not be a bust. It is, he is, he took a fantastic first step, especially in the second half of last season. The pressure is, can he not only live up to that number 18 pick, which, you know, with the season he had last year, you could say he is, but to be better than that, you know, you mentioned it and you're going to mention it again that you thought he was the, the top edge player in last year's draft. The pressure, I don't think is, oh, no, he's going to turn to Charles Harris is, are the, we going to remember the 2021 draft for drafting the stud who is already in the Miami Dolphins ring of honor wearing that number 15? 
Jake, and I, I mean, shame on us for not having the list of those second-year players that were on this list, but I think the way I took it was, you know, the Dolphins' season kind of hindered on Jalen Phillips, and that, to me, I guess, wasn't really the case. I mean, you've written down here Emmanuel Agba, Melvin Ingram, AVG, you know, Brennan Scarlett, Riley Duke, Jerome Baker, Porter Gustin, Melvin Ingram again. I mean, they have a laundry list of players that can rush the passer in this system, I and mean, we've seen it before. Um the, when you have that secondary, I mean, how many of Jalen Phillips sacks, you know, he had eight and a half sacks, but a lot of those, you know, a couple of those you did have to credit to the secondary because they were clamping down. And, you know, at one point, you know, I think Tom Brady might've been holding onto the ball too long at one point. So, I mean, the way I saw it was, you know, do the Dolphins season hinder on, you know, whether or not Jalen Phillips takes that next step. And that wasn't the way I saw it. Cause I think, you know, some of the other guys in there was Jalen hurts. One of them. I mean, there might've been a uh, Devontae Smith. Yeah. A lot of different quarterbacks were on that list. And I was just like, why is Jalen Phillips on here? But um, again, I mean, you mentioned Christian Wilkins, uh, Raekwon Davis, Zach Steeler. I mean, Jake, that front seven looks pretty awesome. But I guess the question I have is, do you see his snaps increasing? You know, now that we mentioned Mel Ganeer was going to dip into those. He played 54% of the team's defensive snaps last year, 603 defensive snaps. So, I mean, I originally thought, you know, he talks about how he wants to be a three-down player, how he's been working towards that. I mean, you want to sit here and say that number's going to go up, but when you bring in a Melvin Ingram, you know, you have all these guys that can do situational things that might be able to, you know, play the run a little bit better than Jalen Phillips. Is it really the worst thing if we see him, you know, come out and play again 54% of snaps? I wouldn't say it's the worst thing, but that, that I think, Josh, I think you kind of hit up the nail on the head where the pressure is. And before I forget, uh, we're calling him Riley Duke for now on. I wrote down <laughs> Riley Duke instead of Duke Riley, and you you followed it. So so for now on, he is Riley Duke. That is official. Uh, but Josh, that is an interesting point. And I actually went on YouTube to watch some film, not highlights, some film of Jalen Phillips. And it happened to be published by someone who goes by how to go give him a follow on YouTube. He's just quickly approaching 3000 uh, YouTube followers. And we'd love to see that happen. So please check that out. And Josh, what was nice. so interesting about watching those highlights film, film, excuse me, film, the dolphins were not afraid to line him up inside. You know, when they have four guys on the line of scrimmage, he was often, you know, in there in the trenches, you know, performing stunts and, and really opening these massive, massive holes on the offensive line. So that brings up the point of, Hey, you know, you can have Melvin Ingram, you can have Emmanuel Agba, and you can have, uh, you know, Jalen Phillips on the field together. But then it's the huge issue, dude, of, okay, what are you going to do with your boys? You know, uh, the guys in the interior, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Raekwon Davis. I mean, this is such a fun problem to have where the Dolphins, man, that, that front seven. And we're sitting here jacking up the front seven for the depth they have. And, and the secondary is the best unit on this entire roster. So I think that's really where the interesting part is. I think that's where the pressure comes from. And more than anything, Josh, you mentioned it being that three down defensive end, because as a rookie, Josh, he had six sacks across three games. One was against the jets. It started in week 11 where he, Joe Flacco uh, was sacked. He was actually sacked twice that game, but only one was one was from Jalen Phillips. And then the next week, he had three against the Panthers where he got Cam Newton for one. And dude, oh my God, watching the dude, Cam Newton was so bad in that game. So bad in that game. But then Terrible. you had PJ Walker, who Jalen Phillips got to him twice. And, and PJ Walker's that perfect example. I don't want to put Newton in this category for how great he was and how, uh, you know, indestructible he was at, at one time. He's not that guy anymore. But PJ Walker, there were times he'd be scrambling to the outside trying to make a play on his feet because the whole secondary is covered. And Jalen Phillips was able to catch up to him. He actually had, Josh, I think the Dolphins' uh, defense pressured the Panthers nine times that week. And then to cap it off, week 13 against the Giants, Mike Glennon was sacked three times, uh, and, and Jalen Phillips had two of those. Now, I think that's where the key is. It's 
awesome. He had six sacks across three games. Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, PJ Walker, Mike Glennon. The pressure comes back to, all right, we drafted you in the first round because you have these freak physical traits. You can get around guys. You have the potential to become that edge setter against the run. You did it against bad teams. You did it against bad offensive lines. Can you dominate against the good offensive lines? You know, I go back to um, Lewis Riddick, who has said some ridiculous things about the Dolphins in the past, but he had one really great line that sticks to me. It's that anyone who's in the NFL can make any play at any time, but it's the special ones who can do it consistently. And whether it's Jalen Phillips becoming a three-down pass rusher or just someone who you can kind of rely on to, hey, you know, we have a very tough matchup against a very, very good offense. Jalen, we need you to come in and just make a couple plays. Josh, there were so many years I was sitting in front of my TV uh, waiting for someone, waiting for someone on the defense just to make a play while Tom Brady sits in the pocket. And it just happened that Tom Brady chose to, you know, huck the ball right into Channing Crowder's chest. But I think Jalen Phillips has that potential to be that force that gets the motion going, no matter how good your opposing team is. You know, it's that like NBC Sunday night player where they have to have a graphic up because, you know, you know, someone's going to come out and say it was only a matter of time till Jalen Phillips got involved. And I think that's where that next step truly comes from. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to sit here and say Jason Taylor, but I mean, you kind of see that, <laughs> but you, are. you kind of see those inspector gadget, like arms, you know, the pass rush moves, the way he's, you know, I mean, truly when you listen to what he said all off season long, it sounds like Jalen Phillips, you know, is working on his mental game, just wants to be a much better player. And you said about taking the next step and going up against some of those, you know, upper echelon pass rushers. I mean, now he has Teron Armstead and that was something that Jalen Phillips mentioned, you know, this all season, how iron sharpens iron. Everybody knows that. So just to be able to pick his brain and get different looks and experience from a guy who has clearly established himself in the league, it's really cool to have competition like that. So obviously Teron Armstead hasn't been out in the field yet, but I mean, once he gets out there, those matchups in camp, I mean, are definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. And we do have to know, Jake, I mean, uh, his eight and a half sacks were second most sacks by a rookie behind, obviously Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parsons, who I think had 11. So, I mean, he wasn't too far behind, but I mean, anybody who puts on the tape, I mean, Micah Parsons is probably, you know, I don't want to throw out the generational world word, but that's, you know, a linebacker that we're not going to see too many of. So um, I'm excited, man, to see what he can do in this second season, because again, um, I know you want to throw off some of these things, but you mentioned the interior part, Jake, and a lot of that I want to know, and it's hard to really project right now, but if you look at what Melvin Ingram did, you know, when he was in Pittsburgh, they kind of mm-hmm. moved him around a lot more, dropped him back. You know, he's playing even a little bit of inside linebacker. Once he went to Kansas city, he was kind of just that third down pass rusher. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, how the dolphins think they could utilize him because, uh, you know, he was very effective with some of those stunts and those blitzes that we know Josh Boyer's defense does so well. So that was just a thought I had, you know, whether or not that could help, um, you know, Jalen Phillips or Melvin Ingram. Because, again, as much as it's going to be painful to see, you'd much rather have Melvin Ingram taking those snaps, right, and teaching Jalen Phillips. Because, you know, we mentioned Tron Armstead uh, having Melvin Ingram, you know, Emmanuel Agba, some of those veteran guys to lean on, uh, you know, means the world to him, I'm sure. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... 
It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snacket. We're talking about big time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, and Josh Boyer had an interesting quote recently where he said he wants, uh, Jalen Phillips wants to be great and wants to do everything perfect. Uh, I think he's finding that happy balance of work failure to bring out the best of himself. A couple pounds here and there, it's a more nutrition-based than it is football or playing-based. It's, Josh, and I think that's kind of the luxury the Dolphins have had the last couple of years, and we got to kind of keep in mind, I mean, uh, they have five, they had, what, five first-round picks in the last two years, and, you know, those guys – Great rookie seasons are one thing, but man, that second season is where you really develop that consistency. And as I said, man, this is someone who hasn't had any type of consistency in, in nearly four years now in terms of just, all right, I can plant my roots for a couple of years and really understand what I have to do. Jalen Phillips also said he's more trimmed down this offseason. He calls himself a lean, mean machine. Uh, but most notable is the chip that he says that he now plays with after his rookie season that he did not live up to his expectations. And, and Josh, that's kind of... There's two sides to that coin there because that six-game stretch, I think in general it was such a strong season for him, but no sacks in the final four games. I think if you ask him, he's going to say that, hey, he also hit that rookie wall, and he went on to even add, I'm really critical of myself, and I have a lot of high aspirations. I want to do everything I can to help the team. So for me, not being able to come in every down, that's something where I took it to myself to work on and get better at this. So the sacks were nice, but ultimately it's more than just sacks. It's more than just production. It's about how you fit into the defense and what you are doing to contribute to the team. Man, that is, that is such a cool line to hear. And it's, <laughs> it is so, so interesting to hear that because I mean, dude, there, there were, we were praying for Charles Harris just to be a, a gadget player, right? Come on. And it's the Bart Simpson mean, come on, do your thing. And just, he's, you know, Charles Clay, or Charles Clay, uh, Charles Harris do his spin move. But man, I, as much as I hate to say it, I think your Jason Taylor comparison works so well just for his ability or potential ability to really control the flow of the entire trenches. And I think that's something the Dolphins have lacked for some time because, you know, for how great Cameron Wake was, you know, he was a pass rusher. He was going to bull rush by a guy and get to the quarterback. Olivier Verdant was someone who's going to kind of give what the offense gave, uh, you know, gave to you. And he's going to try to get to the quarterback where it resulted in all those pressures. Jalen Phillips, man, you do see where that you could start scratching to that another level. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, you know, he kind of hit that wall, you know, where that what round week 12, week 13, when a college football season would have ended. I mean, let's be honest, that's kind of that rookie wall that we always continue to hear about. So um, the biggest thing to note, though, is, you know, we were so concerned about injuries throughout his career. I mean, he did play 17 games. You know, I think he only started five technically, but he was mm-hmm. out there in all 17 games. I think he might have been a little bit banged up again, probably later in the year, but Ultimately, I mean, you got a guy who is trying to get better this offseason at stopping the run, right? I mean, there were times in college, I hate to go back to those North Carolina games, but Javante Williams, Michael Carter were just running right down, you know, straight at Jalen Phillips. You know, you saw a little bit of his inconsistencies in that area. So he's working on some of that stuff this offseason. Again, lean me machine. I had to throw that out there because uh, who the hell calls themselves that? So, um, <laughs> I mean, it does sound like, you know, it does sound like, you know, when you listen to some of his interview, I tried to listen to it before we came on here that, you know, Maybe when he came from 
Miami to to the NFL and the the Dolphins. He kind of had that uh, I don't want to say an ego, but kind of thought that he already arrived beforehand and didn't realize you know some of the different things he had to do. So he can be that every down player that he truly strives to be. Josh, this is stuff we definitely spoke about before. I think it might have been back on the draft podcast, but I think this is worth noting. I want to talk about his rookie scattering report a little bit because he started four games as a rookie at UCLA, excuse me, seven tackles for a loss over seven games, dealt with an ankle injury and dealt with concussion. His sophomore year, man, the the, the luck he has had, he's dealt with is brutal. A car accident while riding a scooter and another concussion. He was forced to retire from football. And Phillips had this to say uh, about that on the athlete and podcast. What it did for me is force me to understand what real life is because, you know, football is an amazing sport. And it really teaches you a lot about life, but it also feels like it shields you from a lot of what real life is. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think that's why we're starting to see these quotes where Phillips understands the expectations put in front of him. And, and I don't really know if there are players that don't, but just the way he presents it, the ideas he, he you know, brings across. And then once he went to Miami, Josh, he was second team Associated Press All-American, second team All-ACC in his year at Miami, uh, sixth in the FBS with 15 and a half tackles for a loss. And Josh, this was my favorite part out of that rookie scattering report is where the NFL Network, uh, they compared him to Max Crosby. And man, if, if the Dolphins can get this type of production, you talk about Crosby's 2021 campaign, a league leading 108 pressures and 20 quarterback hits that only resulted in eight sacks, 13 tackles for a loss. But I mean, man, if you're pressuring the quarterback that much with Miami's secondary, this is really an opportunity where Phillips, I don't want to say it's, it's a can't lose situation, but everything's set for him to, you know, make plays and get noticed for them because it's not going to be as simple as, you know, you get a pressure, they escape and, and, you know, a quarterback escapes and runs 15 yards. I think the dolphins have the offense or the defense that contain that it's not where you get the pressure and the quarterback, you know, dumps off a play 15 yards down the field. And then the, you know, running back tight end, whatever it may be, turns it into a 20 yard play. I think the dolphins defense is going to make it real easy for you at HOTZ on YouTube to put together these highlight clips because man, the, the cause, the reaction, the fact, it is all there and it is all so obvious when Jalen Phillips makes a play. Yeah, and I don't want to sit here and compare him to, you know, the Watt brothers or the Bosa brothers, but I mean, for so many years, you know, you can go ahead and say I'm doing it, but I mean, for so many years, you know, the Dolphins, maybe they missed on one, you know, watched all these other, uh, you know, pass rushers with that similar makeup that, you know, just completely changed the game going to these other teams. And it was absolutely nice, you know, to see Jalen Phillips stay in Miami to be that pick. But, but one thing we do have to remember, and we mentioned, you know, the plethora of linebackers and, you know, front seven and versatile players the Dolphins have on defense. You know, Jalen Phillips talking about being a three-down player. If that doesn't happen even this year, I mean, I don't know that there's really truly cause for concern. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the question I think it's always going to come back to, Jake, and I want to ask you, Najee Harris. I mean, that's the pick most Dolphin fans, you know, may have preferred over Jalen Phillips. Looking at it after a year, you know, going into this season with what the Dolphins have now, Melvin Ingram, some of those other pieces, you look at the running back room. Which would you pick? Would you rather have Najee Harris or would you rather have Jalen Phillips? And then, you know, the Chase Edmonds and all the dominoes that come with that. Make sure Absolutely. you go check out Sony Michelle. Book Club. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, man, that's a great question because you saw the consistency of uh, Najee Harris from start to finish all year. And that was the big issue about Jalen Phillips is can he be consistent? I think if he didn't have the health issues and, you know, that's a big if. Um, you know, I think he'd be what a top five pick that that's what people were potentially calling him. So I kind of am, am happy. The dolphins have finally gone the route of taking that risk. You know, there's, there's question marks. You gotta, you know, you don't scared money ain't making money. So 
Oh man, that that's so tough. I think I like Jalen Phillips and, you know, obviously everything can change for anyone at a blink of an eye and, you know, knock on wood that nothing crazy happens, but dude, I just saw the potential to be that guy, uh, you know, that draft pick that the dolphins, you know, we'll talk about. I remember when he was drafted and we joked about the fact he's, you know, getting his number, uh, on top into the dolphins ring of honor. And, you know, maybe we'll be there for that. I just kind of see that path. And I think he sees that path as well. And I think that's what's so interesting about this pick because say you do dress someone like Najee Harris. I mean, the Dolphins offensive line last year, the Dolphins offensive line this year, it's going to be better, but I still don't think the unit's that great. Jalen Phillips could be that piece to make that Dolphins defense um, very, very special because the last couple of years they've been great. I'd say they're a top five defense, but to be in a consistency elite, consistently elite defense, you need just those established guys. And there are some, you know, games where, you know, Xavier Howard might miss a couple of games. You know, Byron Jones might miss a couple of games. You need to still somehow win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Joshua. And I think Jalen Phillips is a player who can make that happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's more of a philosophy thing, right? You know, maybe yeah. the fantasy football owner and you would absolutely rather have that running back that's going to get over a thousand yards every year. But when you look at Mike McDaniel's offense, I mean, uh, we joke about how plug and play it is. I mean, would you even need a Najee Harrison? What we hope that this offense can do. So I see what you're saying. Absolutely. For so many years, we just were missing that pass rusher. I guess for so many years, once Cameron Wake, you know, jettisoned, we were looking for that prolific pass rusher. Emmanuel Agba does some of those things, but I think, you know, Jalen Phillips, I just want to say has that little bit of an extra gear. So I think you're right. I think it's going to be awesome to look back on this and hopefully see Devon Bess's number and some of those other guys that were number 15, you know, see it retired in the rafters because Jalen Phillips turned out to be that pass rusher that Dolphin fans hoped. And we say that with some tongue in cheek, because I think that was kind of the idea right away that, you know, the Dolphins got the top pass rusher at 18, but you know, you, you do see that path. And, and as a rookie, you know, he had the length to win to win in the NFL. He just needs to develop that strength, become a more well-rounded player. And I go back to the fact, Josh, he is someone who took advantage of bad teams and you can make a, a very nice living in the NFL by taking advantage of bad teams with poor offensive lines. Um, I, I think our expectations on Phillips will begin to change as we start to see him maybe handle, you know, a few of those average or even above average competition, uh, you know, on the other set of line of scrimmage. And of course, Josh, the key is, can he stay healthy? I mean, worst case scenario, if you have someone who can, you know, beat up on bad teams, you're an in the hunt team, right? You need someone who can really come over and win you that extra game, those extra two games based on one sack. And, you know, I do think this is a big year for Phillips. I am a little concerned. I, I'm concerned by the amount of concern I saw from Dolphin fans about the signing of Elvin Ingram that a lot of people kind of took that as, oh, no, what does that mean for Jalen Phillips? And, and Josh, I think we just got to stick to the fact that, I mean, NFL is such a hard, hard league to play in and everyone's going to get hurt. I mean, I don't think I, I, I like your point that you brought up about, hey, is he going to play 54 snaps again, percent of snaps again? I think from the outside saying right now, that'd be a little bit of a disappointment, but I think the the way it's going to be presented is going to look a lot different than just 54% of the snaps. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah, Jake, and you know all about in the hunt, I guess I'll throw my take out there and it's uh, at the time, Jalen Phillips was my favorite pick of the 2021 draft class. And although I loved everything about the snowman and the penguin, he's still probably my favorite pick. I believe he was edge one, like you mentioned, and still believe he is, um, I'm not counting Micah Parsons. He's a whole different animal. I believe that <laughs> if he could bulk up, like you said, and refine some of his techniques, the handwork, the Dolphins might have one of the best pass rushers since Jason Taylor. No disrespect, Cameron Wake. Or as one of our listeners, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember this, Jake, but one of our listeners said that uh, Jalen Phillips was the love child of Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor. So I cannot <laughs> get that out of my head. Um, so that's what he's ultimately going to become. I'm definitely. 
I'm definitely a little, yeah, I'm definitely a little concerned that he might see a snap count stay the same as potentially drop, like we mentioned, Melvin Ingram in town. But it sounds to me like Jalen Phillips is hell-bent on becoming an every-down player. Now we just pray that he remains healthy because, in my opinion, the sky's the limit. So, um, yeah, I already had that written down if it was so poetic and, uh, you know, fanboy But, dude, I like Jalen Phillips, and I'm excited to see what he does in this second season. Yeah, and that's that's what we got for you guys. Welcome to Chapter 2 of our Nursery Book Club. Chapter 1 was Chase Edmonds. Chapter 3, we're going to go back on the offensive side and talk about Cedric Wilson, so stay tuned for that. We're going to try to squeeze out two of these week. I got to give you know Josh the biggest shout-out in the world uh, for dealing you know with his three kids, and I'm just going to say four kids because he has to deal with me and my stupid takes all the time. So I hope you guys are liking what we're offering here with our Nursery Book Club. Uh, we're going to try to wrap these up, Josh sometime late July because the Dolphins announced training camp day. It's July 19th. The rookies will come to town and then July 26th, the veterans will join them. And that is when you really get into the really dramatic preseason drama of who's the RB for. We can't cut this guy. He's the 56th guy on the roster. What are the Dolphins ever going to do? But before we get to that, we are going to keep going on this book club. We're going to try to finish a book, 10 chapters, Cedric Wilson coming on soon. Please, please, please subscribe to the show if you're liking what you're listening to. Hey, and, you know, leave a comment. You can tweet at us at jmendel31, at H-O-U-T-Z, Houts. Replace the 31 with the 94 because I still don't know my uh, Twitter handle. (laughs) But what I'm trying to get at here is give us some suggestions on players, uh, you know, you want us to talk about. I thought Edmonds was a great opportunity to discuss, you know, the fact that Mike McDaniel, for some reason, loves the guys he plays against in his division. Where Jalen Phillips, man, that tweet saying that he was under pressure, I thought that was such an interesting take and you we might call it crazy, but it's a great jumping off point to talk about a second year player who, man, I mean, we, we hyped him up. I mean, we're talking Jason Taylor, a hall of fame defensive end, but I mean, I do see the vision. I see that opportunity there. I think this is a very exciting second year player. And then Cedric Wilson, I'm excited to get into that one because Josh, we've gone through it. I think three times now the dolphins have five players who all, all, all are going to play in the slot. So how on earth does the slot translate to play in the X to play in the Z, to play in the, all the different spots for receivers to hop in. I, I'm, I'm excited to get into that. But thank you guys so much for listening. This is Vin Sider Radio. This is the Nursery Book Club. This is Jake and Josh. And above everything else, Vin's up. That Vin's was up. Vin Sider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins.